Hey, Greg, I've got a pitch for you. Yeah, shoot. Got a sequel to Fast and the Furious. All right. It is innumerable sequels down the road, but this one in particular is all about fast cars and family. Family? Family. 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 I have some notes. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we take, uh, well, billion-dollar franchise films and rip them down to tiny, tiny bits. Uh, my name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Greg Beaver. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. Joining us today is uh, social media strategist to the stars, Beverly Teresa. Hi. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Beverly. Good. Thanks for having me. Um, I Have Some Notes as part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And the movie today, I feel like... It, this is this has been a long time coming. I feel like that these they've been popping these movies out pretty much every two years, uh, and they're probably perfect cadden fodder for this uh, this podcast. Yeah, I'd say so. They're all like riding that line of like good, terrible. I think this is this is the latest installment of the. Okay, so this movie has like forty nine titles. Is it fate? fate it's fate of the furious or fate of the furious or F eight or F eight. Fast eight. Fast eight. Uh, eight fast. I ate fast. <laughs> I ate fast. This is eight. <laughs> so this is okay. It even okay. Even the franchise is it Fast and the Furious or just Fast and Furious franchise? The Fast and the Furious. I think I is yeah, the original. So. Even title. even the Wikipedia is giving me like a like a question mark. Anyway, this is this is the eighth movie of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, the the fate of the Furious. This is a, another movie series in a long line of uh, movie series that uh, if you didn't know. Uh, what movie came first? You probably would have a pretty tough time uh, watching them oh, yeah. in the correct order. We'll, we'll, we we will be getting to that. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, obviously a, so eighth installment of this franchise uh, has stars everybody else from the franchise minus Paul Walker, rest his soul, uh, and also the woman who played his wife, Jordana Brewster, who is still alive but just wasn't in the movie. Uh, this is directed by F. Gary Gray, who uh, who directed The Italian Job and Straight Outta Compton. Uh, it was written by Chris Morgan, who's written basically all of the Furious, Fast and Furious movies. Uh, this movie had a tiny, teeny, tiny little budget of $250 million. Oh, wow. And made $1.2 billion, with a B, dollars. So everybody watched this movie probably seven times. I had to buy it. You had podcast. to buy this movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, they wouldn't you... let me rent it on Google Play. I had to buy it for $13. Are you so serious? Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Vin Diesel owes you $13, yes. I think. Uh, wait, did you enjoy it? Was it was it worth the $13? It, it had a lot of life learnings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of just, oh, that's, that's a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, it was like make a deal and live up to it was the first one that I got out of the movie. So so you're saying they should like they should show this movie in our public schools to teach yeah. kids the value of many, many things. It's an educational film. <laughs> you know what I like about you, Dom? You're a genuine outlaw. But you're a family. The hell of a job, brother. When we get back to the base, beer's on me. He's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle. You. 
Did you ever think you'd betray your family the way you did today? Dominic Toretto just turned on us. Well, 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 did you look at that? I don't know why he's doing this, but that wasn't Dom. So maybe just to set set the scene for if you're one of the the three people on planet Earth who has not seen it or purchased it like Beverly had to do, uh, now that Dom and Letty are on their honeymoon and Brian and Mia have retired from their game, the rest of the crew has been exonerated. Hooray! Uh, and the gro- the globe trotting team has found a semblance of normal life. But when a mysterious woman seduces Dom into the world of crime, he he can't seem to escape. And the betrayal of those closest to him. They will face trials that will test them as never before. From the shores of Cuba and the streets of New York to the icy plains of the Arctic Barents Sea. I was almost at the icy plains of New York for a second. <laughs> the elite, the elite, the elite, elite force that was me doing air quotes will crisscross the globe to stop an anarchist from unleashing chaos on the world stage and to bring home the man who made them a... Family. There we go. Thank <laughs> okay. you, Scott. Wow. Is that what happened? Yeah. Sort of? More or less. Yeah. Well, before we do keeps and cuts, let's kind of just go around the table and kind of hear what some general thoughts in the movie. Greg Beaver. Well, I feel like since um, the Fast and Furious uh, series became something else uh, entirely, and that happened in in Fast Five, right? Where it previously was sort of like a kind of a bro-y, all-about-cars type movie series and um fast five kind of turned into um sort of like a almost like an ocean's 11 heist movie yeah and then the evolution quickly moved from there it (laughs) eventually became more like uh, a superhero film uh or some people have compared it to bond a lot um but given given how how uh the Rock was basically the Hulk in this movie. I oh, kind of yeah. think it's more like a, a superhero film now, and uh, and their cars are their superpowers. Uh, but like all these movies uh, since Fast Five have all, to me, all been kind of like just teetering on the edge of terrible. Yeah. But like they kind of succeed in spite of themselves because none of them are really written that well. But. Um, you know, um, James Wan and um, sorry, I forget the other director who did Fast Five and 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 Six, um, but they succeeded in in creating, you know, an action narrative that just uh, made it palatable. Yeah, and and a lot of the the action set pieces are so interesting and inventive that uh, it makes up for uh, a, a gluttony. Of terrible, terrible dialogue, yeah, and uh, and almost uh, and almost laughable, like the this whole idea of like the the through line of the of the series of being like family and stuff. That's the, all that stuff has always kind of been almost laughable to me because it's uh, it's written so poorly. The only time that it ever really hit me emotionally for real was in Fast Seven, and that was just because that movie kind of took a life of its own because of the the death of Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of seems like um, as they as yeah, you're right. How they, they they kind of yeah, they did this pivot where they were you know they're you know yeah, free, you know racing kind of car movies, and then they become these like like yeah, almost like heist movies, and then things kind of just start getting out of hand. And I think F eight's the uh, it is the probably the culmination of that. But did they go far enough out of hand? Is the question. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think I was, argue, I think no. what was kind of cool about um, the previous movies is that. The the crew, the Fast and Furious crew, um, were kind of getting it, themselves 
in over their head with the situations that they were in. But in Fast 8, they're kind of like, they're kind of considered the elite. Yeah. And that to me wasn't as fun. Like it yeah. was like they weren't, they weren't, they weren't playing uh, Bond. They were Bond kind of thing. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. And then that, it just, this whole, I think the whole movie in general for me was just like, it just didn't, it, the fun factor had somehow just been bled out of it. Yeah. Scott Seabridge, what? Well, I'm, I've got kind of two points. Uh, because I have my initial thoughts on the movie and then a bit of a counterpoint to Greg. Sure. Um, I am the only person at this table, I believe, who came into this movie having not seen a Fast and Furious movie prior oh, to it. Oh, Lord. Possibly one of the few people in the world who's never dipped their toe into this franchise. I have <laughs> friends who speak highly of it, who think that it's goofy fun. Um, as someone who's never watched any of the previous movies... This movie was not a great introduction to the series. Not merely because it's eh, but also because it assumes that I've watched all of the previous movies. It yes. makes no effort to introduce me to anybody except for maybe Dom, who, by the way, is the only character whose name I remember because he's the only character who's important in the plot. They also and we'll say, get to that later. They on. also say his name over and over and over like again. Like frequently. Yeah. To his face. Yeah. Because he might forget it, I guess. <laughs> um, as a bit of a counterpoint to Greg... Um, I disagree that they are the elite in this movie. They talk big game about how elite they are, but they're super inconsequential to the plot, largely, for the most part. The movie presents them as being like the elite. Yeah, but the movie really doesn't follow through on that. It's a lot of talk and not a lot of action. That's fair. I mean, that's it's an entire. That's a, another problem with the movie entirely. I think. Oh yeah, no, definitely. We're definitely on the same page there. <laughs> There's a big problem with how the movie treats every character except for Dom, but that's that's for later in the podcast. Yeah, that's my initial thought though. Is basically like if you've never watched a Fast and the Furious movie, don't start here <laughs> because <laughs> you won't know who anybody is and you won't know what their deal is because the movie doesn't introduce you to anybody. It's just suddenly boom, there's six characters and yeah. you know who they are. Let's go. Yeah. So, so here's a question then, and I'm not sure if if, if we if we're qualified to answer this because like Beverly, I'm not sure if you're like a big fan of the series or, at all. No, I mean I like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like so so if so and maybe this will be the question for the list. Listeners, if if you were to so if you could hop back in time and tell Scott to get into Fast and Furious, do you start him with number one? Do you start him with number five? Is Tokyo it, Drift. Do you start with Tokyo three. Drift? I don't know because it's just my favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lots of Asian there people is, in it. <laughs> there is um, a, a pretty good reason to do that, I guess, because like Tokyo Drift, uh, like is consequential later on in the series when when Han dies, right? The, oh yeah, yeah, because like he was he's in Fast and Furious three, and I guess the fourth movie is where Letty dies, so that's important to when you see Fast and the Furious six when she comes back as Zombie Letty or whatever. So it's it's not a that's not a bad place to start yeah. I guess but it might not be the necessarily the best movie to jump into yeah yeah I think it's like the least cheesiest out of all of them yeah in my the, the, the least cheesiest yeah. lasagna in the, in, yeah. in, the, in the block uh, Beverly what did you what did, initial initial thoughts of the movie mm, from a female perspective it was fine because there's like lots of boys to look at <laughs> um, but like throughout the movie it was really boring yeah I liked like the action scenes i guess but i wasn't like oh my gosh i'm gonna like fall out of my chair it was like cool like that's happening which which was which which was the scene because my wife and i had this had this discussion as well so like which 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 action scene was like the hey this is somewhat the prison fight the prison fight yeah when they break out of prison i was like yeah you go rock you go jason (laughs) 
And it's a free <laughs> argument. And this, I think, like, the soundtrack was good, too. But yeah. maybe because Ludacris is, like, in the movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was really cheesy. I had like fun listening to the cheesiness and like writing down quotes and yeah. like life learnings, but that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, with the action sequences too, like if I think about it, I think that's probably the best one because all of a sudden there's like stakes and all of yeah. a sudden it's like, Oh wait, there's things happening. Like, but as far as the other ones, like I was trying to think of in my mind, like what's the, what is the, what is the, the big, what's the mem, the, the big memorable scene from this movie? Baby fight. <laughs> The, the ba- okay, the baby fight. Baby on the fight plane. on the plane. Okay, hands okay. down. Uh, I mean, the prison fight is good. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that it's not. Yeah. But the baby fight is funny and action packed. Yeah. And it's. I think it served itself well. In okay. That so sense. so you so you wouldn't say and kind of where where I would think like the biggest scenes were where it's like obviously the 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 car chase the infinite car chase on the <laughs> on the ice. Which seems to have like take like nine hours, or like the cars falling from the zombie the cars. Garage, the zombie cars. That was cool though. Was it cool? I was but was like, it memorable I want to hack cars. I, I, yeah, I think I appreciated the the zombie cars, and just to explain to the listeners, like if you haven't if you haven't watched the movie ahead of time, like basically at some point the hacker cipher takes over all the cars in New York uh, because they apparently all have self-driving like an autopilot Something mode. Or other, yeah. uh, so the the cars are basically following our heroes through the streets of New York uh, like like the zombies from World War Z. That's what they really reminded me of, the way yeah. that they moved and stuff. And they don't really touch on the hundreds or thousands of people who would have been killed in no, that set not. piece. That's, yeah. yeah. Because they, d- they, explicitly, they explicitly show people in cars that have uh, gone rogue. I'm going to call them rogue cars, <laughs> yeah. zombie cars. And at one point, the Russian defense minister's bodyguards pull out a minigun in the middle of New York and start randomly shooting at the cars. So, like, there is no way there weren't mass casualties. I thought it was really realistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it. <laughs> That's the future. The uh, My, yeah, I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, like I've seen this movie. This is the second time I've seen it. I remember the first time I I watched it. I kind of went like, huh? like I'll dab, like I'll, I've dabbled in this in this in this series just because it's it's a big thing. Like these movies make a billion dollars now. This franchise uh, has made you it's Universal Pictures' biggest thing ever. Is made over five billion dollars, so it's, it packs a little bit of a punch. So of course you get to watch dabble with them if you like movies. But yeah, I felt like I felt kind of like I felt I felt some of the cast was bored. Like, I felt Vin Diesel looked really, really bored, and I feel like I was kind of bored watching him, because he's just sort of just, felt like he was just kind of going through the movements, but Beverly made you, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, like, to share notes about quotes, because there was a quote that I wrote down that I felt sort of summed up the entire movie, so it's the scene where uh, Mr. Nobody, Kurt Russell, so, and I don't know who he is, uh, gathers every, gather, gathers a theme, and they're, and they're telling people what, you know, what's going on, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez just gets a sort of, like, disgusted kind of like throws her hand up up in the air disgusted look just like what the hell does any of this have to do with us and i feel like that's like the tagline of this movie <laughs> it's like what did anything have to do so um let's yeah but we'll go keep some cuts uh we'll start with uh what do you keep in this movie scott oh um i guess some of the action scenes yeah should be kept and then basically just rewrite everything <laughs> okay because i mean this is let's be fair this is the kind of movie where the first thing they came up with was the action set pieces yeah. and then they wrote 
a story to string them together, which is how many action movies are written, especially when you're dealing with a franchise like this. Yeah. And I think that, like, the action set pieces more or less hold up. Um, they could maybe be tweaked a little bit to make them a little more exciting. But I think, I think one of the reasons I, that they would be more exciting is if you, you had a better story built around them. That, yeah. that would help. But even um, in the that uh, last ice chase uh, scene, like I really kind of la- I really lost track of where everybody was in relationship to each other, which was really kind of amazing because they were on like a flat surface, <laughs> like a flat open surface, and is I was that, still like, that, "Where is everybody?" Is that a problem with the script or a problem with the direction? Oh, uh, the yeah, direction, maybe editing a little bit. Um, maybe. Um, I don't want to hang that all on the editor, but like, yeah, it's <laughs> like the the <laughs> there was there was points where. Um, like Tyrese, and he drowns his Lamborghini, and then someone drags him out with the door or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then he gets off the door, and then smacks a, a speed rate or a, a guy on a snow speeder. And then yada yada yada. A couple scenes later, he's in the Rock's truck, and I was like, "When he get in there? Does he have <laughs> teleportation powers? What's happening? Am I crazy, or did like, or did I miss a scene where he jumped into the Rock's?" speeding truck and did no, the rock like agree. literally stop for him because i thought they were in a high speed chase. yeah, <laughs> yeah they yeah. on that scene i like how that scene they, they kind of keep kind of almost like they keep they it keeps rewinding to the fact that they're like in mortal danger it's like every every five or you know every two or three minutes it's like oh wait that truck's got missiles and then they and something else happens it's like oh wait that other truck has missiles that hasn't fired any it's sort of like like they just almost like you keep He's starting that chase over. And it was over almost and over like again. video game rules too, where like the where the trucks, like the enemy trucks, would just respawn. <laughs> like yeah, kind they of. were like they would get destroyed, and then there would be another wave of them. Yeah, that just caught up to the that caught up to the original yeah. pack. Yeah, until the, the until the yeah. end boss of the of the <laughs> right, nuclear so can, uh, sub started chasing them. We can all agree that the uh, that the Arctic chase is a mess. Yes, but in theory, it's not bad. Oh, and, paper it sounds amazing. Uh, I'm I'm not willing to go so far as to say that there's characters I would cut or anything because again we're in the eighth movie in a franchise and I understand you want to have all the characters there, but I would definitely and I mean this is going to come into changes later. There's I would execute on them better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I feel in a weird spot when it comes to cuts because I don't want to say well we should cut The Rock because obviously he's an important part of the franchise and you want him there and I'm not. I'm just saying that facetiously. You yeah. definitely do not cut the rock from this movie. I don't think you can. You I think, you think you would? You yeah. you make the movie more about the rock. Really is. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. of where they're going with the spinoff franchise, as I understand it. Yeah. Some of the the characters that they brought back were confusing to me, like uh, bringing back Owen Shaw from the sixth movie, right? Like he was, he was a, he was a really, he was a villain, villain, right? Like there wasn't, I as so. I recall, there wasn't a whole lot like redeeming about him he wasn't charming or funny like jason statham like i can understand why you take jason statham and, and plunk him into this movie just because he's got a lot of natural charisma but that is the the owen shaw character just isn't he never like i never got the sense that there's any sort of hope of redemption jason statham's character shouldn't be redeemed either because he killed han in cold blood and then I'd be probably murdered a whole bunch of other people in the, in Fast Seven, as I recall, right? So it's like it's just weird that they're that they're trying to sort of like retcon all their villains into heroes. And I think I know that's kind of part of the the Fast and Furious ethos because you know originally 
uh, Vin Diesel was the villain in the first Fast and Furious, and he became obviously the the series' biggest hero now. So they, I guess, maybe they just feel like this is just part of what they do. I think part of the problem is. Uh, I want to call it the Expendables problem, but I don't know if that's necessarily fair uh, comparison. Uh, you cast a really awesome big name action hero as your villain, and he's great, and he's one of the standouts of the movie, and then you want an excuse to bring him back, but you just can't have him always be the villain. So you just kind of tweak his character, and now he's a good guy so that you can get him back a lot. It's weird because you would normally do that, I would imagine, slowly over over a film series, but like not just like, it's just like this guy, this Owen Shaw guy shows up at, at the on the plane sequence at the end of this movie, and you see him for... Uh, I think his total on-screen time is probably thirty seconds, and like, and that, like, that's it. And then, and really, all it is is just like, as an audience member, you're like, I know that guy. I guess that's a face I recognize. Like, I don't like. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It, there's no payoff to it. Uh, I don't think in the story. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Trees. Beverly. Oh, she's Teresa Beverly. <laughs> um, I would cut, is here. I would actually cut the Arctic chase because that's like the point where I whipped out my phone and was playing Emoji Blitz <laughs> and stopped paying attention. Um, but I really like they made Tyrese really dumb in this one, or is that just my imagination? Like, did they just uh, make him dumber and dumber dumb. and dumber? He was always, the- he's always sort of been like the comic relief. Uh, but yeah, I can't speak to whether he's like. Not as smart. I just felt like they gave him like a couple jokes to lighten the mood. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. And then it would go back to being boring. So, yeah, I would definitely keep Tyrese, though. And he's good to look at, too. But um, (laughs) I don't know. Like, if the movie was good, I mean, I did like the action scenes. Like, I like the one where they were like driving down the street. And then there's like, what is that thing? The wrecking ball comes in like oh, Miley yeah, Cyrus yeah, yeah, yeah. or something yeah. um, and then it had a smiley face yeah like, yeah I would have liked to see more of that like more cars getting smashed that, like that, that particular set piece felt a little bit more fast and furious yeah. to me um, it was it, it wasn't it was weird that how like because that scene sort of like butt ended with like the they're like we've got to go um, do a mission and it was like it was like there was no sort of like lead up into what was happening. It was just like all of a sudden like wrecking ball. Yeah, and I was like this seems a little poorly paced to me. <laughs> yeah, just looked and there was there was a lot of explosions. Yeah. Like it blew up a town. Like that was sort yeah. of like what's but happening? But that was a good set piece. I agree with you. Yeah, and I like that it had a smiley face. Like, <laughs> but also like so you're talking about how people are changing and like how Vin Diesel was bad and now he's good i'm like maybe it's just a life lesson from fast and furious <laughs> like people, people change, change yeah. and they can be good <laughs> right no one's beyond redemption it's this educational movie oh well, yes there we go so 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 that would be so that so even are, after they've murdered one of your best so, friends so, yeah. so, the, so the first still so, shake hands at the yeah. end of the movie so the so the first just to make sure so the first lesson is basically uh like honor your commitments that was the first yeah lesson. that was when they had that race at the beginning uh, yeah so honor your commitments and the second one is people change and that's okay <laughs> Well, while we're talking about the the chase at the beginning. Oh, the chase. The I wanted to mention beginning. something about the race. Uh, <laughs> one one thing I would cut would be the would be Dom's invincibility because there are you, there are few How stakes when right off at the beginning of the movie he is fireproof. 
He rolls out of a speeding, burning car onto concrete and rises with not a bruise or a scratch in perfectly white clothes that have not been scuffed or or blackened by the concrete or the fire. Um, <laughs> that sets a tone that makes you go, well, he's never going to be in danger in this movie, ever, yeah, because he's invincible. He's also clearly the king of Cuba when some random person comes up to him and says, Dom, your cousin, whose name is, uh, I wrote this down, Cousin, because they actually never <laughs> referred to him actually by name. Uh, I like, yeah, that was a sort of, I just kind of, uh, after, I kind of just wanted to just keep playing on that, just like, Dom, and, Dom is king of Cuba, and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah they, it was they, a, it was a nice. I thought it was a good chase scene. Um, and again, like we were talking about earlier, it's like it was. It felt a bit more Fast and Furious like to to actually yeah. get like a, a a drag race out of the movie. I'm, I almost but, feel like like yeah, like that's that's like that scene is almost yeah. It's like a nod to the previous one. You've got like you've got fast cars. You have butts. There's butts racing everywhere. for cars. <laughs> racing for cars. Uh, and like yeah, I don't think there was the amount of fire and explosions as there was in. Previous, I, I, I do one one thing I do love about this series is that Fast and Furious thinks that you can drive as fast in reverse as you can <laughs> oh, <yeah>. in drive. <laughs> he just he just switches it around and you're like I'm just gonna drive this car backwards and win this uh, race. Yeah, he's also like uh, glass proof as well. Yep. That, yeah, so that is another thing that he's happened. basically Superman just driving a car. Yeah, I'm watching that scene when his engine blows up and I'm like, well, that looks hot. There's literally literally flames shooting in at him. I've I've stood in front of my stove and got moved out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's I would not be able to take that. He's a lot tougher than me. I've been near a campfire that was too hot. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 I think I think you you do you do make the point that when you when you kind of set that expectation early on. Like I made the joke towards the end when the when the submarine blows up and. Like the cars, like park themselves around Vin Diesel, so his, so he's not engulfed in flames. It's like he's fine. He's fireproof. He's, not, he's gonna be okay. And clearly he was. Yeah. The flames went. Uh, they hit the cars, bounced over top of him, as fire does. Yeah, mm-hmm. as it, fire <laughs> bounces. It's like water. Yeah, as as far as I know, fire is not two dimensional. Yeah, <laughs> as experts in fluid dynamics, <laughs> we can uh, confirm. Yeah, uh, Mike keeps and cuts. Um, I really like Charlize. I, I love Char- Charlize Theron as the villain. I think she's really good. And I think uh, she kind of, you know, you can tell that she's a, that she's she did a really great job. For probably she didn't really have that much to work with. She's got a, she's got a, a lot a lot of sitting in front of a computer. Yeah, saying things. Perfect. She's got lots of yeah, lots of lots of computer acting. I, although I, yeah, I, and I'll get this will be one of my changes, and we could talk about it like uh, after after the the break, but. Uh, um. Yeah, like I, I feel like her motivation isn't quite quite there for me. But yeah, I really, I really well, like. You, you don't really learn what she's up to until the third act. Yeah, that's when she finally reveals. Like, I don't know, she's an agent of chaos, or or or, she, or what? She's, she's an alligator. She's she. Yeah, she basically says like, I'm gonna keep the world in line by yeah by holding these yeah. nukes. Actually, like like Bond level. Yeah, villain. But she's got. Plan. But they never spend any time sort of like setting up her why her character would would feel the need yeah, to do that. I feel like she's already pretty badass as it is. Especially considering, I mean, she's going to be the villain in the next movie, obviously. Okay. I, I legitimately angrily swore at the movie when she escaped at the end because that was the movie implicitly promising me that there would be no closure to this plot and I would have to watch another movie <laughs> to see her get her just desserts. Yeah. And I was actually angry at the movie about that. <laughs> and I, there's that... 
you made me sit through all this for nothing is basically <laughs> what I was what, angry what, at the movie what about. What really bothered me about that is like, she, you know, she's facing off with Jason Statham after he, him and the baby destroy everyone on the plane. And and she says, um, they have like this uh, sort of, I can't remember what they said to each other, uh, some sort of conversation. Something, something about, my mom, yeah, something, something. Yeah, they're threatening each other somehow. And, sh- and uh, Charlie's Throne is like, well, it's too bad I'm the only one with a parachute or whatever. And what that suggested to me was... He was going to dive out after her with the baby and get her parachute yeah. from her. That's what I wanted to see happen! <laughs> or, that, or, that, or that at the very least there was some danger because the plane was going to crash because why else would you jump out they, of the plane? And then they just land the plane... Yeah, like off screen. She's basically she's implying that he's in danger because he doesn't have a parachute. But then he just goes up to the pilot and he's like, "Hey, do you mind landing this bro?" <laughs> and the pilot's like, yeah, "Okay." Like, so anticlimactic. If, if I remember correctly, too. The, so actually, the, I actually quite like that the, when they actually like hijack the plane scene because so this plane is just staffed head to toe with bad dudes with beards and just like just you know like they look like bad dudes. But the pilots are look like Air Canada pilots with wings on their shoulders and crisp shirts, and it's sort of like, did like you gave the pilots a dress code? No one else here has a dress code. Yeah. Well, well how the pilots else, should why, also why, be. Why in, can't they be like, wearing? How else would the audience know they're pilots? No, uh, Colin. They're flying the plane. Which, it could, which it could is be a, it could be a robot plane. I guess, which which really brings me to my my major cut in this movie, which is uh, cutting all the on the nose dialogue because there is a fuck ton of it there's so much of like the characters repeating exactly what's going on as <laughs> if we can't sort of like uh, intuit ourselves what this very simple movie is trying to tell us like mean, it drives you, me nuts you mean like at the start of the movie during the wonderful cuban racing where cousin exclaims you can't race him he has the fastest car on the island and then says you can't use my car it's the slowest <laughs> car on the island <laughs> like thank you cousin thank you for filling this in i heard it i've heard it suggested that um this kind of happens in uh, big tentpole movies um, because um, they're trying to write the movie for international audiences. Not that international audiences are can't. It, it's just like when it comes to translating the movie, it's easier, I guess, to make sure every all the audience, all the different audiences, know what's going on when the characters are. That, routinely explaining it. Yeah. I don't know whether I buy that or not. Whether that's actually the case. I've I've actually not. read that too, so yeah. that's interesting. Then that yeah. that would so that would sort of like I'm actually looking at the Wikipedia right now, and actually one of the uh, producers of the film is actually China Film Group. It is the largest, most influential state-owned film enterprise in China. So, um, so that would speak to that. Like just sort of like okay, if we're you're giving us some money, we've got to make sure that it's gonna we're gonna make sure it's you know that the Chinese market's gonna love it. So, you know, and make it such that. Yeah, I mean, is it is it that it's just easier to to sort of like make sure that everything is translated? Or are we just dumb moviegoers? Wouldn't yeah. they like have subtitles or something? See, that's what I would think. I would so think they, they will. Just do I, it I feel with the I feel like yeah. it's some idiot producer in Hollywood being like, "Well, we got to make it simple." <laughs> and be like, why are all people in other countries stupid? Because like this movie's very simple. Charlie's bad. <laughs> yeah. Dog good. <laughs> yeah. Like how simple do you have to make it? Yeah. I don't know. I just I think I I don't know if they're if they're subtitles or whether they're translating. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. But I've heard that I've I've read that a couple times, and I think that was a critic. It was suggested in Suicide Squad as well. Yeah. That they sort of they were writing that. Um, they would repeatedly have people say things uh, rather on the nose just to make oh, sure that he's it not was clear what's happening. Oh, he's not in London. Yeah, the little dots start disappearing. Yeah, oh, 
Yeah, you just happen. like if you have to if your if your character has to say something like that. It, I don't know if you're if you know when they have to tell explicitly tell the audience what's happening. You're not you've done something wrong when, when you're writing your movie. Is is how I view that. Is this maybe uh, Beverly actually another life left, uh, life lesson of the film? Like about like you know. Be precise with your inclusive. With yeah, be, be inclusive. Be inclusive and then precise with your. Yeah. Well, you're you're a social media expert. It's like it's like it's like um you, you know you you would never put on a, on a button somewhere like click here right because of, if you don't if you say click here then you're no, then yeah it. you didn't well you didn't get a you didn't do your your design isn't very good yeah because you're, it's not obvious that that they should click there but from a like digital marketing perspective they're writing it for the audience. Which is good because we always say write your content for your audience. So if this was like a blog post, it would make sense to have all those repetition. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what uh, makes it so <laughs> difficult. Some of these uh, movies that are supposed to be have such broad appeal as like your best. Like if you're um, if you're a storyteller, like you usually write from a place of of what you know, right? And and trying to and trying to write a piece of fiction that appeals to not just yourself, but hey, everybody else they, uh, muddies the waters quite a bit, I would imagine. Nukes. And it probably makes it difficult. I imagine it's Nuke, stressful. Nukes bad. <laughs> Cars yeah. fast. Yeah, I mean, you might, your, your instinct might be just to simplify everything uh, as much as possible, I guess. Yeah. There's actually, well, actually, so maybe before we'll take the break and before we start uh, talking about what we make this movie better, I would cut one thing because it weirded me out to no end. What in the bleep is Dwayne Johnson doing wearing a leather vest at the end of the movie? Oh, so Scott, in every movie, they, they end the scene with supper. They have a barbecue for reasons. Uh, and I was like, okay, so I, would, I feel like that, that Dwayne Johnson's he's, 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 he's no longer The Rock. He's moving farther and farther from that persona. And I, think, and I think he got brought into this franchise, obviously, when he was sort of like starting to make that, that really that big leap of like, hey, I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I'm an action star. Uh, but even like, yeah, I was even watching my wife and like, they hear, oh, he's at the barbecue, brought his daughter. And he's like wearing Stone Cold Steve Austin's outfit with like his like black leather. Yeah, he looked black, like he was ready to go to WrestleMania. Like, what's what's happening here, Dwayne? Like, come on, man. Like, just like who told you? Who a who told you to wear that? And why are you wearing it? You're Dwayne Johnson. Say no. Yeah, yeah but- they still haven't got like gotten all the the wrestling references out of the Rock's movies because eh? like, he's still doing the people's eyebrow. He, he, you know, he'll do he'll do the the. Um, it's not the Rock Bottom, but his other his other famous move, the people's yeah. elbow. Uh, oh wait, oh, maybe no. It is the rock bottom. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He doesn't just do the the people's elbow. Would be really weird on film. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> he'd have to find walls to bounce off of, and then do his little elbow and stuff. Yeah, the rock bottom is is, is one of those things that you know, that shows up in movies a lot. So I don't know. It's some maybe he just likes it, and he's like, "That's my brand. It's got to be in there because that's my brand." Oh, my best. Maybe it was the same person who did Cipher's hair. Oh yeah, he chose oh that yeah. Vest, so. yeah. Ooh. I would cut that. <laughs> cut cut her hair and the vest. Yeah, I would literally take scissors and cut her hair. I think that's a fair cut. Yeah. Just like okay, yeah. Whoa. It didn't look super washed. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, the, well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. What's well, kind of what kind of look were they were they going for her like for her? Right? Well, like, she's a hacker. Yeah. And hackers have dreads. They have to be like cool. Yeah. And like kind of nerdy. Edgy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, actually, so well, actually, one, one, my uh, my one uh, one other thing I would cut because this keeps showing up in these movies. I remember and I saw it. So they've got um, Ludacris and actress's name I don't quite remember, but she plays Ramsey. So she's the 
uh, you know, the the two hackers in the, like the the, the She's Fast from, uh, Game group. of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Um, so they keep they, they keep having scenes in these movies where they go to their hideout, their garage, and there's all the cars and all the tools and machine guns, and then they've got poor uh, poor Ramsey and Ludacris like on like crappy little like standing desk tables, like working on tiny computers. It's like get your hackers like some like some chairs, man. Like, give them a desk. <laughs> or maybe they like standing. It's supposed to be better for you. Okay, but like have like nice standing decks. Yeah, that's, not just okay. like these are look like you know these are these are like music sheet holders. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like you're international super spies. Uh, okay, so how about we will uh, we'll take a quick break, and after this we will turn this movie from a sixty six percent Rotten Tomatoes to a sixty six and a half percent Rotten Tomatoes movie. Hey friends, if you're looking for a new podcast, you can check out uh, the Well Endowed podcast. Uh, Edmonton is full of passionate people dedicated to building a vibrant community, uh, and the Well Endowed podcast helps to capture some of that. This month, two Olympians guest on the show. Paralympian Nordic skier Brian McKeever shares his passions for skiing, and Jen Kish, captain of Canada's Women's Sevens rugby team, share her thoughts on diversity and inclusion in sports. You can find all the episodes at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Every character in Fast and Furious. We're back. <laughs> okay. Except, except, for, except for Paul Walker. Rest in um, <laughs> So dark. Rip. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. RSVP, Paul Walker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's turn this into a. You know, it made a one point two billion dollars. It could do better if the four of us had been there helping. Uh, yeah, could have, we could have proved it to like, like one point three Diesel and Neil H. Moritz. Uh, we could help you. So let's let's uh, throw some things uh, into the air, and they'll come crashing down like a submarine. Yes, Scott. I would like to begin because okay, sure, as someone who's not seen these before. Yes, <laughs> the big problem with the movie, and and certainly my biggest problem with the plot of the movie, is that Vin Diesel has this team who are supposed to be the elite. They're supposed to be this super badass uh, group of criminal slash super spies who get the job done when no one else can. Except they're not. The only important person is Vin Diesel. He drives the entire plot of this movie and saves himself in his spare time. And in spite of the fact that he's under the thumb of the villain. And the rest of his team spend the entire movie just kind of reacting to stuff happening. And then kind of play a role in the denouement like there's really not much for them to do you could largely cut them out of the movie and just have it be about vin diesel squirming under cypher's thumb or dom squirming under cypher's thumb and you wouldn't have lost much and that's a problem that's a problem with the movie when you have all of these other characters you want them to do something give them something to do and I think that the solution to that is give them some agency in the plot don't have them just being strung along by dom have them have them get betrayed by him at first. And of course, because Cypher has told him he can't tell them why, he can't tell them why. But these are people who he's worked with for years and who he trusts like family. <laughs> so have them realize he wouldn't have done this to us without a reason, which they they kind of do in the movie, but they don't go far enough with no. that. Have them piece together themselves what has gone on. 
realize that Dom is being coerced, figure out what he's being coerced with, and then launch the plan to rescue him themselves so that then he can double-cross Cypher and then have the big action piece at the end where he where he goes after her or goes after Tormund Giant's Bane at the very least. And that that gives them agency in the movie and it gives them a plot in the movie which at the moment they again don't really have they're just following dom from plot point to plot point and he's the one who's actually driving the plot from the back seat i think you yeah you, so it's funny you you say that because because now that i think about it like so when he double double crosses them in berlin takes off with the mm-hmm. gizmo whatever it was the emp with the emp yeah uh so they get back to one of the hideouts i don't remember which one of but it was so you know, Dwayne Johnson or Dobbs, whatever his name is, is like, yeah, he went rogue. And they're just like, oh, yeah. They're not like, oh, he would never. Like, there's no sort of like, wait a yeah. second. There's something. There, there, there is a little there's bit. There's a little that, bit, but, but not, not really a lot. a lot. It's like, so you have Dobbs saying, yep, he went rogue. And then they're like, and then Teresa's like, hey, we could call Brian. And Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez kind of like, uh, nope, because he's <laughs> retired, dark. Yeah, well, and they, they, why they? I don't know why yeah, they, they even they bothered really with that. It, yeah. yeah, that's uh, they should have just left his Probably name out entirely. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was a rip, like a throwback. Kind of, sort of, but yeah. yeah, but it's like yeah, but it's they, just, they, they basically really sort of kind of kind of give up, like just you know, like that could have that could have the double like cross right there. The Rock could have been the villain going forward. But it's well, it's. <sighs> There, there are cross purposes with Dom through the movie, and they know that they have to stop whatever he's doing, but they don't know – they, and they know that he can't be doing it because they do trust him. They know he can't be doing it of his own volition, but they never go far enough with yeah. it. And then in the end, Dom rescues himself from Cypher. Like he's the one who sets the plan with Statham in motion for, in his spare time. Like that's – let the good guys do that. Let the good guys save Dom – don't make Dom so badass that he doesn't need them and saves himself. Because that's the the flaw with this movie is he didn't need his family. Yeah. yeah and, good point. and it's a movie where it's where it's being built up that that he's like being put against them. And it's part of the the ethos of the villain is that she doesn't trust nobody. She doesn't need nobody. Family's a weakness. So like Make make his family her Achilles heel. Like they are the ones who rescue him because they love and respect him. Like that's that's the the big thing this movie is missing. And I think that that's the big thing that would have elevated this movie. Am I am I totally off base? Well, or, one, sorry. Go ahead. Is it a life lesson? Write this down. <laughs> um, that you can't rely on others and you have to trust in yourself. There you go. There's the life lesson. <laughs> Well, I think I think can't I think, rely on others, especially family. I think you both. You I mean you're both right. Like the the movie needs like some sort of central theme to to hang its hat off of because it doesn't really have one. I think there's some themes explored, but not enough for you to really be able to attach the, yourself to one. The or theme the other. is supposed to be family. Yeah, like that's the through theme. Like and even not having seen any, but of the family other Fast and in and of movies. itself is not necessarily just like like a, a, a like a theme by itself. I don't think. No, but I mean that's why I'm saying it doesn't go far enough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very nebulous family, but it it doesn't go far enough in its exploration of that. Yeah, and I think by making it so that his family is integral to to saving him, and there and and is kind of therefore thematically put opposed to Cipher's. I don't need no family, no how ethos 
that's 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 the strength the movie needs. That's the the spine the movie needs in order to hold itself up from being just action jelly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do remember actually even even kind of having this moment, and it, it's a moment I didn't realize I had until you explained it to me. Where at the very end, where like Dom comes back and he kills the dude, and then he torment giants, torment torment giants, Bane, uh, and then he kind of saves other people, sort of with because the rocket. Oh yeah, because they're all screwed until he comes. Yeah, and, and then saves he comes them. back and saves them, and then it's like, oh, Dom's back. Oh, don't worry, it's like and it's kind of like like. It felt, it felt kind of like huh? someone even is like, is he back on our side now? Well, they don't even know. Yeah, because like, yeah, they, because yeah, they is. because they didn't know why he betrayed them in the first place because they never really figure it out. Yeah, and again, the, Dom is saved by him himself. Yeah. He sets the Statham plot in motion. Yeah, whereas they should have done it, and and they should have pieced together. Oh, it turns out Dom actually has a son, and Cipher kidnapped that son, and we need to save the son so that. Dom is out from under her thumb. Yeah. Let's figure something out. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of they've got a whole bunch of hackers on their team that didn't really do, do a, any a lot of hacking, <laughs> investigating, they, and figuring all they did out. Was went to Super Google. It was like, where's Dom? That was it. Yeah. I, I, Thanks, guys. Well, well, let's workshop this a little bit because I like <laughs> I, I I like that. This is where why I wanted going. to go first because <laughs> I felt like I I saw the big flaw in the move. <laughs> I thought, uh, I thought the big flaw was the submarine was too small. Something across that. Area. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> submarine. I, 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 you know, you're you're right that the that the team needs more agency. Um, but to me, the the movie still is boring. And and and, and part of the reason I I feel like it because I I feel like when I watch the trailers and maybe I, maybe I'm just remembering them wrong remembering them wrong, but when I watched the cr- trailers, I was under the impression that. Um, Vin Diesel had turned on them and neither the team knew why, nor did the audience, because that's how, that's what's how it was presented in the, in, in the trailer is that you don't know why, uh, Dom has turned on them. And that to me is a far more interesting plot. If we were going, if, if suddenly, you know, we, instead of, um, doing this whole rigmarole where, Charlie's throne shows up and threatens him or whatever. We have uh, Dom betray them in the midst of the uh, uh, of Act One of Act One. Uh, you know when they're stealing the MP out of the blue, and and you're confused by it as well as the team. So you're you're experiencing Dom's betrayal through their eyes. So rather than rather than having Dom kind of as the protagonist, we're following through the movie. You're following the team. As they're piecing together why Dom has betrayed them, yeah. so you you follow their investigation more while uh, while they simultaneously also keep trying to foil whatever Dom is up to. Yeah, yeah, I like that actually a lot. I think that's that shifts the focus to them as well, and I think that that serves yeah, gives, serves the team. Yeah, I, I mean you can still have some play between um, between Charlie's Theron and 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 Vin Diesel, but I would you could I, I feel like. There's kind of like a way to write it so that like you you get to experience their dynamic, but still not totally understand what's happening between them. Why would he be working for her when he clearly loathes her? Yeah. Yeah. And then you and could have the team figure out what's going on and then time that with the reveal of what's going on so yeah. that the audience and the uh, and the the team both get yeah. the, the light switch turned on at the same time. Yeah. Oh, Dom's son was kidnapped. And 
Yeah, in this version, I'm not sure that I'm not sure the sun thing w- would totally work. You might need some other type of motivation for for Dom to sort of like surreptitiously join her team, or or for some reason betray them. Just because, like, if you're if you're trying to keep it, if you're trying to keep his his motivations kind of a mystery, um, you're not able to develop like the whole. Um, son family dynamic that they've got going on with this with um the girl from brazil whose name i forget (laughs) there's to be fair there's also there is also something to be said about having the dramatic irony of the audience knowing what's going on but watching the team try to piece it together themselves yeah i just don't think in this movie it works at all fair enough you know and uh, like i that i just my i'm i'm driven just by like how i thought the movie was presented to me before i saw it like i i thought i understood what 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 they're going for but what what we really got was kind of pretty banal you know and and like you say because the the team doesn't really have much to do in the plot outside of like watch dom do things and scratch their head you know, it it, it it ends up being pretty boring. Like they, you can you can have all the all the dynamic action you want, but if your if your if your plot is really 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 milquetoast, then you know just not going to work. But, you, but like the team's got lots to do. I mean, like first they have to drive some nice cars and talk on walkie talkies, <laughs> and then later on they drive on nice cars with like grappling hooks built into them for some reason, <laughs> and talk on walkie talkies, and then in the end they are driving nice cars with walkie talkies again. I mean, they're they're busy. Are they not? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think. I think there's. Yeah. It's. 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 Yeah. There's definitely that separation of. Um, yeah. Of like Dom versus the team, and like you know, gets himself in trouble, gets himself out of trouble. You know, what's everyone else doing besides you know, uh, use God's eye and whatever, whatever else they're doing, that sort of stuff. I was listening to the the slash film review of this uh, uh, movie today, and they were pointing out that like Letty never really has uh too much uh interaction with dom even though she's like the sort of like the central connection between him and the team you know you know and 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 you would think that like that would be an interesting dynamic to play up but uh yeah. they don't they don't really have a there there's i think there's maybe like two scenes i guess the 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 ca cia break-in scene where they kind of have a little bit of like an interaction yeah and then um at the the end of the new york scene in the alley and that's all you really get so like there's not she 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 played no no part in 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 helping him overcome his challenge or whatever and and she never she never had any um she, you know, she she believes in Dom throughout the entire film, but she never she never really has it out with Hobbs, who who basically thinks that Dom has turned and he's not the same Dom anymore, right? Well, and yeah, that's and like if you're if you're shifting it to uh, the team more as protagonists, we get to spend a little more time with them and we can have a little more interaction with yeah, them. Maybe. And and I mean, she's obvious. She's the obvious main character in that sense. Yeah. Dom is out. He's gone rogue. 
we need to figure out what's on what's going on she takes she takes the point on that she yeah. takes the lead and she's the one who's keeping everyone else together going no there's a reason why he did this yeah. and she slowly wins everyone over to that way of thinking yeah yeah that way there's like there you can you can set it up so like there's a power dynamic between her and the and the rock who's who's a natural leader yeah and like a special ops commando guy and <laughs> well and and that ties back into the into the beginning where uh dom doesn't take the guy's car because he got his respect and you can play that off later with her finally earning the rock's respect and him being like no you're the boss like this is your yeah. call yeah that that you're tying stuff together in the movie now movie come on <laughs> you can do this <laughs> because then she's taking dom's example and being like no i've got your respect now and that's the important thing and let's go save dom just saying there's so much there's so much missed opportunity here it's, it's, it's tough to make a good movie when you've only got a $250 million budget. I mean, there's so much. You gotta pay, you gotta pay for, for that processor. submarine yeah. and uh, writers. And and you just, let's uh, be fair, like $200 million of that is just like the paycheck to the actors in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Greg and I have dominated this conversation. Uh, I'd like to hear what the two of you would like to change about the movie. Well, I've so I've got some some kind of tiny tiny little little tweaks that I think would also tie into all these other. But let's uh, hear from Beverly. What uh, what what would make this a better movie? You think to see Cipher actually on a computer? <laughs> yeah, because she's supposed to be like a cyber terrorist, but you don't really see her like hacking and doing yeah, she's got things. she's got one scene i think where she's doing it a lot and yeah that, she's like when hacking. there's like that competition between getting the the nuke and not getting the yeah. nuke yeah that's kind of it this is also one of the reasons i had a problem with her being on the ground in the in the cia break-in when she and dom show up because she's supposed to be a hacker so why is she boots on the ground beating up cia guys she should have tormund giants bane doing her dirty work there with with dom she should be up on her magic plane and then, running and the computer. Then, and then Dom can kiss Giant's Bane. <laughs> Which I'm totally down with. <laughs> it, it, it is kind of interesting that that like she'll she'll yell at one of her junior hackers, like, find me a camera so I can see Dominic her, in the alley. Her whereas, one junior hacker. Your one junior just hacker. that one Asian guy. Where, where, whereas, uh, whereas if she's like, okay, well, okay, you find, you, find me a camera so we can see what Vin Diesel is doing versus like, all right, who wants to go blow up a secret spy facility? I'll go. I'll put on my black spy blowing up suit and go show my and, and me, the ghost of the internet, will go yeah. show my face to the CIA yeah. and not kill anybody who's there so that they can't, you know, yeah. know what I look like. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to get out of the house. Yeah, maybe it's right? it's, well, it's it's dra- <laughs> the the plane, the stale air, it's recycled. Yeah, remember at the beginning of the movie, they said that like that uh, that Cipher was. A, they thought Cipher was a group, not a person. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, right. So yeah. she had worked all that time to like make it sound like she was like this nebulous Shadowy. organization, and then she just shows up and be nope. like, hey, guess what, guys? No nope. person. Psych. <laughs> it's me. And I purposely left you all alive <laughs> so that you know what I look like here Here's at a, this secret CIA black site. This is a next generation concussion grenade that's going to make you all shaky. Yeah. Yeah, there's another example of like them being like really on the nose with stuff as like, you know, all these concussion grenades go off, and they and then someone explains these are concussion concussion <laughs> grenades. They're like, "Yeah, I got it." <laughs> like, I see we got what's with happening. The booms, the booms and the flashes. Yeah. So, but I, th- we, I, I actually, I actually think so. Um, so you want to see her with uh, actually actually do some hackering? Yeah, and I want to see 
uh, Michelle Rodriguez. What's her character name? Letty. 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 Yeah. I would like to see her like be like crazy girlfriend. Like if my boyfriend did that to me, I'd be like calling him constantly and like yeah. phone raping him. <laughs> so like something like that. Like I would probably just be crazy. Okay. So even to to build it into maybe into to to Greg and Scott's fix. So maybe would that become like a little bit of a turning point then where it's where like ladies are like, no, Dom is doing something like, you know, it's all there's a reason for it. And then but he does that in front of like smooches, smooches cipher. And then she's just like, nope, just like breaks a beer bottle and just starts like lunging after both of them. Yeah, with her concussion grenade. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Still still rattled on the ground. I think I think even to to spin back to um, to to cipher. um, Yeah. Well, and I think I mentioned this kind of in the first half. Um, I kind of wish, like, I was all on board and she's, like, super badass, hacker, spy plane, whatever it is. But, like, when she's like, yeah, I want nukes just so I can keep everybody else in check. Like, that's lame. I'd be like, I want nukes because I want to be present to the world. Or yeah. I want to, like, dis- Or dis- I want to blow up the moon. Yeah, or something. Or, like, I'm just, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just, you know, disassemble all the borders, no countries, no nothing. Like I felt like when she's just like I'm gonna keep everyone in check because I got nukes. It's like you're already you already have the God's Eye Gizmo, which you know, which after she got it, people were kind of like, oh, whatever. And you already yeah. have a weapon of mass which is, destruction, which is funny because... the ability to turn cars into zombies. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> so it's sort of like so I felt like so I was actually like I really liked her until like that like I thought she was a, she she was good good villain on board menacing all the other stuff cold heartless but yeah as soon as she's just like I want the nukes just so I can. Like keep the superpowers from being super jerky or something. It's like really, come on! Like that's the best they can do. Like go, like go, like you're already going over the top. Go over the yeah, blow up the moon, do something. Yeah, like, it'd be kind of interesting if she sort of wanted something that Dom also wanted. His family. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want your family, but I want my own team, yours. You know, if he, if he, if if he needed something, then and she was also after it, and that sort of plays into the whole betrayal yeah. dynamic, right? So I'm not sure what it is. Dom seems to be a man of simple taste, like he just like he just wants more cars. But I'm not, so, so, so I'm not really sure I what that would muscle be. Muscle shirts, and, like yeah, it's road not, rash. It's not that nefarious for for a world class <laughs> hacker to want just like I just want another Lambo. It's not that interesting. So well, I'm struggling I'm, to figure what what that would be. I'm down with Cipher wanting the nukes, but I think that her motivation should be less. I'm going to keep the superpowers in check, and more. I'm my own rogue nation. Yeah, like I am. I am an anarchist hacker collective, and now I have nukes, so no one can mess with me. Yeah. And that's that's kind of cool. As for a reason for Dom to hate her. It's already built into the movie. He doesn't like that she has coerced him into working for her. He doesn't like that she's messed with his family and she doesn't like that he that she's pitting him against his team. And I think that's reason enough for him to want to mess with her. He just needs for her to not have the leverage on him. I don't think they need to be after the same thing, especially considering if she's going after like Bond villain level tech like, as you say, Dom is a man of simple taste. He doesn't want a nuclear bomb. What's he going to do with a nuclear bomb? I'm going to put what's it he in gonna my do, car so What's I he going to do with mega anthrax? <laughs> well, I'm, like, gonna, I'm saying for the for the sake of, of, of keeping, if, if we're going to keep his his betrayal sort of mysterious, it's sort of like, it, it, it makes sense to like, to have the two of them sort of seemingly working towards the same goal. And having having interest in both the same thing, so I guess like like let's say let's forget all the other um, 
Fast and Furious movies for just a second and Go say ahead. that the movie starts off <laughs> with, you know, with Vin Diesel sort of like still in trouble with the law. So that like you you say, like she's trying to create her own rogue nation where where you know, people like them could be, fr- could be free to, to go and live in peace or something like that. So he's kind of, uh, working with, he, he's seemingly working with her, uh, yeah, because that's that. something that he wants. So that's just an example, but like, it might not, I mean, that doesn't work with the rest of the films because in the beginning of this film, he's super de duper free because of all the awesome, uh, CIA he did in the other movies. But I mean, either that or we just like, we just jettison the whole idea. My, my preference for his, um, betrayal to be sort of mysterious uh, out and just go with what you did in the first place. Well, you you would still have time to develop uh, the baby if the reveal happened earlier, I guess would be the best way to put it. So act one, he betrays them. Most of act two is why has he betrayed us? And yeah. then then the movie tips its hand a little earlier so that you you know, okay, so there's this mysterious baby and Vin Diesel, but we don't even need to know why the baby is leverage over him right away. You can have Cypher reveal like there's this baby and he's clearly distraught that there's this baby, but the audience doesn't find out why it's important until the team finds out why it's important. Right. So we know that the leverage is there, but we don't understand why it's important until the team figures it out. So you can kind of like split the difference between what the two of us were we're yeah, pitching. right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So then you still have time to to build up the baby as important and why it's important, but we're we're still following the team's journey to figuring that out. Sure, yeah. Okay. Does this does this mean I can't make the baby actually uh like uh Dom's like 14-year-old wise alecky smart ass son instead? I think <laughs> I think it's more Jesus from way back Okay, here's here's the pitch <laughs> and this goes into Fast 9. It's actually Dom himself as a child because there's because Cypher has time travel. Oh, there we go. Or just like so, in order to save his own life, he had to betray the well, Dom. If you, Dom's if you, mysterious son will be played by Shia LaBeouf again. I'd watch it. Yeah, see, there we go. And he's like playing the same man. character from Indiana Jones, right. literally the same yeah, character. If you know this this series uh, intimately, you know that like the 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 timeline isn't necessarily uh, linear. <laughs> Because the the third movie it uh, technically occurs after the sixth movie. But yeah. okay, so my last one is because I feel like we talked about this earlier about how uh, you know it's kind of it starts to get out of hand and starts to go crazy. I don't think it goes crazy enough. I want the end piece to actually have the uh, so when like the the submarine, which is bigger in my version, comes flying out of the ice, it actually collides with the plane. Uh, just because, just, <laughs> just or, or 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 if that doesn't work, uh, instead of everyone getting their own uh, like car, everyone gets their own submarine, and it's just a big submarine race. <laughs> Scott's got an opinion. Oh, there we go. Scott just lit up like that Fourth of July. I just figured out how you ended that action set piece so much better than a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, you have Jason Statham crash the plane into the submarine to stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? You're welcome. Oh That's and that also gives the motivation billion. for needing to get off the plane. Yay. Oh, there you go. It. Ah. It all co- it all, it's all coming together now. <laughs> Vin, you can reach us on Instagram. Yeah, I know you haven't started shooting Fast 9 yet. We're here. We're available. We'll do it for a paltry sum of uh, what, 100 million bucks each. That's yeah, that's, pretty that's good. fair. Yeah, yeah. And all that other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's so. I, I think we've done a good job here. 
Um, you, but you know, we want to know what uh, what you guys uh, want uh, want to think about this movie. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on this movie, which yeah. was which was like there is a little, little tweet storm here this uh, uh, on this. So uh, if you want to get in on uh, on uh, on some of the movies uh, that we talk about, because we always put out uh, before we do a podcast. Uh, we, you know, we say, here's what we're doing. We want your thoughts. Uh, you can follow, I have some notes on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and you just, you tell us what you think and I will read it on the podcast. Like I'm going to do now. Uh, Herman says, uh, more submarines, please. Also, this movie is great. Don't, doesn't take itself seriously, but takes the premise seriously. The airplane fight scene with the baby was awesome. And Dame Judy Dench dog. Uh, <laughs> at, cin- at cinematolo- uh, cinematological says number one how dare you number two please keep track of every time the rock and vin diesel are in the same shot but played by doubles facing away from the camera yeah it doesn't happen at all yeah they're Do they actually yeah. exchange any dialogue at all Other i don't than, think like over so. the phone hey yeah. Dom, i'm gonna bore your team yeah they're famously feuding during this film yeah so. yeah awkward family uh number three how dare you uh, again uh number four no one brought snow tires to an ice race true <laughs> Uh, number five, the they, rock. They're told explicitly they have their pick of the vehicles, and they know they're going to Russia like, to ru- to the frozenest part of Russia. Yeah, and nobody thinks to put some ice. To be, they're not on. from Alberta. Dibs on the F one fifty. Dibs on the F one fifty. To be fair, they do make a gag of it, which so I'm willing to forgive the, uh, the movie for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Rock is the single greatest thing in modern cinema. cinema. Mm, yeah, agree. Uh, and how EMP question mark. Uh, Christopher Sikandi. Yeah, like if he's firing off an EMP, why can his car keep doing car things? Yeah. Why in a helicopter crash? <laughs> uh, his car was EMP proof. Well, let's let's double back to Dom's car or cars for a second. So in the New York in the New York City scene where they all have like the, the grapple hooks and they're like they shoot it into the car and he's like, Oh, they, that car's got like two thousand horsepower. It's like try three thousand, and it was like maybe it's got five thousand horsepower. Um, I'm not a car guy, but I know that if you got five thousand horsepower in a like in an automobile, that's a serious like like you know the univer- engineering students at the University of Vermont have built specially like rocket car the size. Batmobile doesn't have yes. five thousand yeah, horsepower. Like that's that's uh yeah you're not and putting, it has a jet engine in it. Yes, you're not putting that in a Chevelle. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Christopher. Uh, family, family, family. He says, obviously, this is all about family. Um, no, I'm sorry. Family. Oh, family, family, family. <laughs> obviously, this is all about family. family. It needs more awkward dinner conversations and infighting. Well, that happens off camera apparently because everyone. Hates everybody. <laughs> Dwayne. It's Dwayne's in his vests. Uh, Nathan says, uh, you can't fix perfect. The rock redirects a rocket with his hands. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of nice. I, I feel like we get one of those tweets every single movie where someone's like, oh, this movie's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> fix perfect. Actually, I, I so Nathan, my request to you, because I, I think uh, Nathan chimes in a lot. I want Nathan, no matter what movie that we're doing, always chime in to say, the, you know, The Rock is perfect, even if The Rock is in the movie. <laughs> uh, so this was, this was my favorite. This is my second favorite comment. Jeff's, uh, Jeff says, who names their baby after their still living friend? Essentially, yeah, like Brian's alive in this timeline. He's just retired doing dead, dead stuff. Especially if your friend literally said he doesn't want to hang out anymore and get in adventures with you. Also, the timeline of baby Brian doesn't work. Mom and dad last uh, capitulated at the, the, the beginning of F6, and we uh, watched Brian and Mia's kid grow up significantly between F6 and F7. Baby Brian should be three years old and already have a name. <laughs> uh? 
timelines, right, Greg? <laughs> yeah, they the don't matter. Line. They just don't matter in the Fast and Furious. That's why I'm saying it's probably time travel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the Fast and Furious movies just kind of like, who, whose line is it anyway now? It's like, the, <laughs> you know, the timeline's made up and they don't matter. Uh, Matthew says, I've unregrettably watched every movie in this series, a total guilty pleasure. The scene in the plane with Jason and the baby was one of the best in the series. If they could cut the whole Vin Michelle storyline out of the series, whoa, what? And let Mr. Johnson and Statham take over inter- entirely, I'd be fine with that. Well, Matthew, have we got a movie for you? It's called Dobbs and what's his other guy's name? <laughs> Dobbs. <laughs> no, it's actually, what's what's the character's, what's Statham's Hobbs character? and, uh, Hobbs. I don't remember Statham's character name. Hobbs and Shaw. He's... Hobbs, yeah, it's literally called Hobbs and Shaw, and it's coming to theaters <laughs> in 2019. You're welcome. Uh, Andrew says, at this point, they're essentially just Team James Bond movies. I love them because they're big and stupid and ridiculously fun. And uh, Matt uh, from the podcast Bollywood for, for Lovers says, having Jason Statham join the family after he murdered the best character in the series is a travesty. <laughs> it really is. Correct. Yeah. Even at the end when they're like him and Dom are shaking hands, I'm like, this feels awkward. It feels like this should, <laughs> this feels completely incorrect. But is this, Beverly, another uh, life lesson? Yes. Just like forgiveness. It's perfect for when this they show this movie in elementary schools actually <laughs> yep so just that just like forgiveness is just is the forgiveness yeah just forgiveness period yeah no matter what people do like murdering one of your essential characters and exactly yeah, like just, who cares just say like okay i accept your apology all right let's have a barbecue on this house in new york <laughs> who's cooking oh we don't know <laughs> but there is a did did letty not seem just a little a little awkward when she's like, oh, yeah, here is boyfriend's kid from some strange. He's like, oh, yeah, he's nice. That Did she not seem a little kind yeah, of like was, weirded out? It was like, really? Yeah. I felt yeah. that I felt it needed to be just explored a little bit more. It's kind of like, you did what now? With who? Because I was a what? Like, wasn't she like brainwashed or something like that? Yes. And this movie, she had like, amnesia. This is like the Young and the Restless movie yeah, series. Yeah, really, like, yeah. Yeah, people very, are coming back from the dead. So proper ask the way that oh, these things go in the, goodness, in the my, Fast and Furious series. Oh, my head hurts. Uh, anyway, I think that's all we have for for today. We're gonna need like at least three years off to talk about. Well, it's be three years till the next F movie comes out. Yeah, we'll and, hit that one up. I'm sure. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, family, uh, Beverly. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, is there anything like you'd like to plug? Where can people find you? They can find me at hellobeverly.com. Mm-hmm. And it's Beverly with an L E Y. Yep. And that's <laughs> Can can I recommend to people yes. that they should that they should sign up to your newsletter? Yes. Uh even regardless whether they're looking for like uh for, you know, social media advice or services. Because uh, I enjoy your newsletter. I get it. And it's it's right. it's, 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 it's Do you get the eggplants? I sent one with eggplants about Tinder. Oh, really? Eggplants are supposed to represent something else. So again, it's very educational yes. as well. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Just- uh, Scott Super as well. You have another podcast. I have two, two other podcasts. What? Greg, do you love comedy? I do love comedy. Do you like improvised comedy? Oh, you bet I do. Well, I've got good news for you uh, because there is a new improv comedy podcast coming at you right out of here in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take that again? No, that's exactly <laughs> that's improv. That's exactly how I wanted it to come out. It is. Uh, it's called What About, and uh, it is funny, and it's brought to you in part by the people at Rapid Fire Theater. So uh, if you like comedy and you like improvised comedy, uh, you might want to check out at What About Improv 
and uh, follow the links therein. Also, I'm still doing the read-along with my lovely wife, Anita, and you can uh, join us in reading a book chapter by chapter. Right now we're reading Artemis by Andy Weir, and we're just about done, so we'll be starting a new book soon so you can binge Artemis. Cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, you can uh, find uh, this show uh, basically anywhere on your Google Plays, on your iTunes, uh, on your Stitchers and whatnots and other things. Uh, anywhere around the, around the street corner. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, I have some notes. Uh, and if you like the show, please uh, consider uh, giving us a rating and reviewing it. It really helps us out. Um, elsewhere on the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, there is the Dave Berta Podcast. Uh, Dave Cornroy and Ryan Haspin talk politics, policy, and events from an Edmontonian, Albertan, and Canadian perspective. Uh, I know uh, Dave's been a uh, blog. He's been a, a political blogger for many, many years. So this is the kind of latest incarnation for him. So go check that out. Uh, our show and others are on the network are for, uh, being broadcast on G Radio. You can find it on gradio.ca. Uh, and you can also find all of the Alberta Podcast Network apps uh, on the CKOA radio app. Uh, and you can download it on your Apple App Store device. I have it on, I have two smartphones. I have one for home, one for work. And I have it on both. So you guys should all do that too. Uh, we post new episodes every second week. Uh, so tune in uh, two weeks from now uh, for, it'll probably be the side notes episode uh, after this one. Correct. And uh, yeah, that is it. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you've uh, watched F8, we're sorry. If you bought it, if you bought it like Beverly did, we're really sorry. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Keep watching the skies.